else to show you. Welcome to the 24th episode of the Sirens of Scream, the geek podcast that proves sometimes dead is better. I'm Melissa Megan, and I'm here with my lovely, lovely co-host, Jackie DeVore. Hello. And Sierra Hauk. Hello. Hi. <laughs> this episode is the most special of episodes that we've ever done so far because it is our one year anniversary. Wow! <laughs> I can't believe it's been we a year. It. It's crazy. It has been. I know. I I literally just popped a bottle of champagne right here in front of <laughs> my screen. I I did, I'm doing like a pretend cheers because nobody's here with me. <laughs> um, We're here with you in spirit. Yes. Cheers. <laughs> Internet cheers. We decided what better way to celebrate a whole year of bringing you spooky content than to hear from some of our listeners and past guests about what they've enjoyed most from year one. Super excited about today. <laughs> We're trying to pull off a really big thing here by bringing so many people in. So please, you know, forgive us if there's any weird technical things that happen. Yeah, bear with us. This is <laughs> this has been a challenge. Of course, we do have awesome editors and they're going to make us sound perfect. So, yep, we have so much more to share with you guys in the future. But for now, we're going to do some reminiscing with friends. We're going to clink a glass to some of our best moments in the past year and just basically have a blast tonight. So, ladies, why don't we start off really briefly by uh, I want to know if you guys have anything that you want to throw in or talk about as a quick recommendation before we start the party. Uh, Twin Peaks comes back tomorrow. Yeah, we <laughs> can't not talk about it that. It comes back <laughs> tomorrow, guys. It's been twenty five fucking years. Twin Peaks comes back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm a little overexcited or anything, but I'm I'm like crazy excited about it. Did you, I, I take it you guys are both big fans of the original Twin Peaks? Did you not watch yeah. it, Lisa? What's going on here? I think I liked the movie more than I did the show. Like oh, I man, loved the Firewalk. Movie is creepy oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. I watched the movie over and over again. The show, sometimes I fell off of it here and there. Yeah. Yeah. You can't live in the Pacific Northwest and not like. Twin Peaks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's half the reason I want to move to the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. I'm like maybe 40, 45 minutes away from the town. <laughs> so you That's either awesome. have to be a fan of Twin Peaks or Portlandia, right? Those are the yeah, requirements. <laughs> no, I know a lot of people are really psyched about that, uh, about it coming back. And is is it um, how much of like an original cast are they pulling on this? A it's lot. like everybody. Yeah, it's like I feel like the only ones they're not bringing back are Laura Flynn Boyle, which nobody wants to see that anyway. And uh, <laughs> the ones that are dead. So, yeah, which everybody wants to see that, but it's just not going to happen. OK. And like when they were. For starting to produce it, there was a big hubbub about what's his name not coming back. Uh, uh, Lynch McLaughlin? himself, and then yeah, no, no David Lynch wasn't going to come back, and then he did. So they made it good. Yeah, yeah. like if Lynch um, didn't come back, I, I wouldn't see the point of them bringing it back at all. Yeah. Honestly, and I don't think anybody else would have wanted to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, David yeah, Lynch is definitely I'm one excited. of those people that like I can't imagine somebody else doing his work. Yeah, yeah. Cause It'd be rough. We all know things happen inside that brain that none of us understand. So, <laughs> all right. So, Twin Peaks, you guys. That's what that's what these ladies are excited about. I'm trying to get yeah. excited about it. I kind of really want to see Alien right now. Um, yeah, I want to be excited about it too. All the reviews are kind of mixed. Well, yeah, we expected that though, right? 
No. I think so, but I was hoping everyone would be like, this is the Aliens movie we wanted! Yeah, I was, I was, I had high hopes, and it sounds like yeah. they're not going to be met, and, you know. I, I've been seeing the word flop used a lot. Ouch. I, I have not. Yeah. I've seen very in between. Like, people, even the people that I see that don't like it, just say, like, it's got some of the are kind of the same criticisms as, like, um, Prometheus, you know? Like, oh, the science is stupid, mm. you know, th- mm-hmm. things don't make sense, but... Tell them their science is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's aliens. I'm a, I'm a little worried that it's going to be too much of an action movie and not enough of a horror movie. Um, But even, like, Aliens itself was more of an action movie, and it's still so good, so... Yeah. We'll see. I feel like the general public has become hypercritical of pop culture and film in general. So yeah, yeah. and especially I, big franchises yeah. and big names. I try to go into it now, like very just sort of okay. Well, if I have fun with it and enjoy it, then I'll be cool with that, you know. Mm-hmm. Except when we're talking about Wonder Woman, you better not fuck that up. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it's incredible. So. Needs to be perfect, yeah. or my life will fall apart. So. <laughs> <laughs> your birthday will be ruined. It's coming Everything. out like right on Everything your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so no. let's get this party started. Let's open up the gates and start saying hello to some of our special guests of honor. And I'm going to to Jackie because she's got the first one lined up. First on deck is Trish Kruger. Now, Trish and I have been shooting zombies since the days of MySpace. She hails from Germany where she has a podcast called Geeky Coven, which... I wish I could listen to because honestly, it looks just beyond adorable. But sadly, I I still don't speak German. I don't know what my problem is. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Trish is an illustrator. She's a crafter. She's an artist extraordinaire. She's a horror and game lover. And I know she's a fan of Melissa's work on Talking Comics. So welcome, Trish. She is. I am. Hi. (laughs) Hi. Yeah, thanks for having me. We are so excited to have you on here. We first want to ask you what... What comes to mind when you think of your own childhood fears, irrational fears, things that have scarred you over over time? That's not what I want to ask her first. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that's what I want to ask her first. What she loves about Melissa. <laughs> What's not to love? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Nice to meet you, Trish. You can answer Jackie's question. <laughs> um, okay. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm a little bit nervous and it's pretty late or maybe it's early here it is so late over there we're sorry but thank you no 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 it's totally okay (laughs) i knew what i got myself into um okay my biggest um childhood fear or irrational fear okay um i grew up in berlin so um it's it's not a very um rural area so i was surrounded by not many woods or forests in particular and every time um or I heard about the woods or the forests or something like that. It was on the news when people like, um, oh, there was a body found uh, by someone uh, walking through the woods. Or there was a body found by someone who was, I don't know, jogging. (laughs) And so in my little head, by my little baby head, um, the woods were always a place where it was filled with bodies. There were corpses all over the place. Oh, man. So I would... I was horribly afraid of anything that was just like more than two two, two, uh, trees. (laughs) I'm sure it doesn't help that there are so many like Germanic folklores and, uh, you know, just old fairy tales that happen with scary stuff in the woods. 
Yes. <laughs> that would just go to really, oh man, I would be so upset. I can't even imagine how scary that would be. <laughs> and it was, it was just not a thing for me because my family was not very much into nature or, I don't know, going hiking or something like that. And um, whenever friends of mine were like, oh, we spend the night in, I don't know, we were hiking and we spend the nights in the forest like this. And I was like, oh my God, did you find any dead bodies? <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I'm like, I'm now I live in a, a more rural area, so um, I'm surrounded by forests, uh, <laughs> and so it creeps me out a lot. Does it? Does it still scare you a little bit? Uh, <laughs> very irrational. I, I want to know if you're. Are you disappointed at the lack of bodies in the woods now? found <laughs> anyone. <laughs> I live in the woods, and the scariest thing around here is ticks. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we have them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not bears. I feel like bears would be scarier. There's, there's... I think we have a lot of bars. Oh, oh, That's wow. the most scary. Yeah. So our next question for you is, do you have any kind of favorite episode of ours or any kind of conversation that you wanted to respond to or favorite sirens moment at all? Basically, stroke our ego here. Talk about us. <laughs> <laughs> or just what's your or favorite you horror topic me. that we've touched yeah. on. <laughs> Since I'm obviously your favorite. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, no, but uh, um, I really, really liked the episode on the last, um, the final girls. Um, mm-hmm. That was really interesting. I also loved the episodes of um, the comic witches because I'm a real big fan of it. And again, it's scary. Speaking of the woods, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I could really relate to all the um, to all the topics, and um, yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, if there is anything to reinforce your fear of the woods oh god it would be that comic that comic is awesome it is so good and the art is so amazing i love it so what is your favorite horror thing just in general mm, i really like um a psychological horror yeah um i don't get scared easily but whenever it's like really really mean or really um psychological themed uh it, it just hits too close to home and then i'm like nope <laughs> but I, but that's what i enjoy right <laughs> that's kind yeah. of what horror is all about right yes exactly the good kind of scary have you read the had you read uh um cold room no that is from gail simone it's an amazing series if you like psychological horror comic books I haven't heard of it oh yet. Oh my gosh, there's a lot of it out there. <laughs> Get on it, girl. <laughs> Should. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Geeky Coven, because that sounds really fun. We're like a, a pop culture uh, podcast. We are three girls. And yeah, we were um, bored by the podcast scene in Germany because it was all like dudes talking about, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> random tech stuff. And yeah, we wanted to do something different. So we invented the geeky coven and we're just talking about i don't know fan fiction and our favorite episodes of the latest tv shows or movies that came out like that that's cool what's been your favorite episode there so far of the geeky coven yeah we did one about bisexual characters in movies and tv that was very very much um very very fun and um the whole thing we had about fan fiction that was also very cool (laughs) and we did a lot of research that sounds awesome yeah it was and i know that you have a uh recommendation 
for us. I want to I want to get to that before we run out of time to make sure we get that in here. What's your recommendation? Yes, yes. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if you mentioned it on, um, on on the on the podcast, but I'm sure you all know her. It's Emily Carroll. She published a book called um, Through the Woods. Again, yeah. the theme is haunting me still. <laughs> and um, she also has like um, amazing web comics and her art is so so brilliant. It's so haunting. And she makes this, this stories that are just on the first um, glimpse they are not so scary but if you're like getting behind it they're terrifying i love it yeah i remember i think we actually did talk about this like in the very beginning on one of the our very first episodes looks like she did illustrations for gone home too oh nice oh nice yeah i remember she had she actually had a siren illustration somewhere that i feel like we we brought up at some point uh-huh. her, her art is so unique it's so good and such a such interesting stories here and it's i don't know it's very simple but but in the simplicity there's so much there's so there's so much meaning behind it and just tiny bits and in the corner there's like a mm-hmm. face or something and you just you don't realize it when you look at it at first and then you what you reread it and that's terrifying. I love it. <laughs> so good. Do you guys have any questions for Trish here? Trish, I just want to say thank you for being up at 4 a.m. and for getting more ladies into the podcasting yeah, game because there's too many bros out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, <clears throat> but thank you for inspiring me. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Trish, um, Blushing. Jackie said that you're... You're an illustrator and make crafts and stuff. Is there anywhere we can see your art? Um, you can find um, me anywhere online as Trash Arc, and you can find my art there too. Yeah, let's definitely add some links for our yeah, listeners. Yeah, we'll put it here. in show notes. I actually, a long, long time ago, one of mine and, and Trisha's mutual friends commissioned some really, really cool uh, steampunk and octopus related <laughs> hair bows and necklaces and things like that from Trish for oh, me nice. and I still have them I still wear the necklace oh. it's it's so cool <laughs> I'm so happy uh, I haven't done any jewelry in a long time and I just moved and I found all this gigantic stash of, of, of um, jewelry supplies and I was like what do I do with it I don't have time for it anymore <laughs> Clearly, you should get back into it. That's what that's mm-hmm. telling you. Yeah, give me, give, give me like five hours more a day. <laughs> Trish, I'm heading to a Comic Con tomorrow, and Scott Snyder's going to be there. Oh, I'm so jealous. And I'm having a hard time deciding which book to take with me to have him sign. Do you have a suggestion for me? Take them all. <laughs> Just drop a whole stack on his table. <laughs> And ask him to sign like different messages in each individual one. Oh yeah, I'm sure the people behind you in line will love that. Yeah. And yeah. one for your friend Trish in in Germany. Yeah, okay. like two stacks, just bonk, bonk. <laughs> well, oh, I couldn't decide either. <laughs> okay, and Trish, I have one more question for you. If you could be best friends with any horror character, who would it be? Oof. That's a hard question. It's a hard question. <laughs> That's an awesome question. How come well, we never asked this question? <laughs> I know. While Trish is thinking, my my first thought was Ash from Evil Dead, but then I just want to be friends with Bruce Campbell. I don't really want to be friends with yeah. Ash. He's kind of an asshole. Ash is kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah, I thought about it a little more, but that was my first instinct. <laughs> I want to be friends with Cassie Hack from Hacks. 
from Hackslash. Uh, She's the serial killer hunter in Hackslash. You know, I thought of this question, but I didn't even think about my answer. <laughs> Maybe I'd just be friends with my very own pet zombie. That'll work. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can have your own Fido. That'd be cool. Fido style, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Out on leash, and we can go through the woods, and then it will protect me from all the bodies. <laughs> It'll eat all the bodies as you're going through yeah. the woods. And then I get rid of all the bodies so I can <laughs> enjoy the woods. It's perfect. <laughs> that sounds like the perfect setup, honestly. <laughs> so we're all um, fed and happy. Yep, there you go. <laughs> so is there any horror thing you're looking forward to this year? Um, There's like so much coming out. So actually, much. I, had, I, had, I had no time to look into it. I'm, 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 I'm so behind on all my TV shows and all my movies. Um, oh, it's cool. We'll get you caught up. Don't worry. <laughs> I really have to get caught up. I don't know how you're communicating at all at 4 a.m. No, it's just uh, 2 30. Yeah. Oh, like, only 2 30. Just 2 30. There was a miscommunication there, but my miscommunication made it so she didn't get to take a nap. So it probably feels like 4 30. Oh, you jerk. <laughs> I'm sorry. Naps are important. Believe me, I know. Yeah, they are. <laughs> if I had taken a nap, I would just slept through the night. <laughs> so it's it's okay. That's our switch over sound. So Trish, thank you from the bottom of our little siren's hearts for joining us today. Thank you for having me. We love and you thank so you much. for um, giving me um, this amazing podcast to listen to. Thank you, Trish. It was great to meet you. Continue, and I hope you have another great year and happy anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> So now we have Sabrina and Karen of The Witch Files. Uh, They host The Witch Files podcast, which is a monthly show. And they are two New York City-based witches. They review popular media featuring themes of the occult in all its incarnations. Did I say that right? Oh, yeah, I said incarnations. Okay. (laughs) Suddenly I thought incantations in my head. Maybe I said the wrong word. (laughs) Both of them are appropriate. (laughs) The Witch Files joined us back for episode 12, which was all about Sam Raimi. So we wanted to welcome the ladies back onto the show. Glad to be back. Thanks. Yes. Thanks for having us back. Yay. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) We really should have like arranged this so we could send all of you cupcakes. Like, like, yes, make it a true party. (laughs) So we have a couple things that we want to talk to you ladies about. We're going to ask all of our guests a couple questions tonight. The first one is we want to know about what your childhood fears or irrational fears are or something that scarred you forever. Because we just want to know what, you know, what's in your head that haunts you at night. Formative horror. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great term for it, though. Formative horror. I like that. We promise we're not planning on sneaking into your house and scaring you with these things. (laughs) We might be. Well, for me as a young kid, being lost was something that really terrified me. To this day, I still have to make sure I have a map pulled up and saved on my phone if I'm going somewhere new. I'm still pretty terrified of being lost as an adult. Sometimes I intentionally get lost. I think I'll just drive around. Jackie, have you? Okay, this is an aside, but there's a podcast that a comedian, Kurt Brownler, did called Get Lost where he takes people in his car and blindfolds oh them oh and drives them somewhere that they've never been. And then oh they have to God. try to figure out where they are. I would love it's that. so good. Oh <laughs> so basically that podcast is, is Karen's worst fear. Oh, it's actually Sabrina's. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, Sabrina, sorry. No problem. <laughs> yeah, that would be torture. My fear is a fear of open closets while I'm sleeping at night. Ooh, that's a really good one. Yeah, I always fear like something's going to come out and get me. So I have to... Or like the door's kind of half open and it'll like keep opening. <laughs> oh my gosh. At one point I had a closet <laughs> that quite wouldn't close no matter what I did. And it would open and would have a creaking sound. So... Oh, Jesus. It, it, was, it was really hard. I ended up switching rooms with my brother so I wouldn't have to hear that creaking closet. Oh, nice. When I was a kid, I also had a, uh, a like I had a walk-in closet in my room and I was terrified of the same thing. And my brother had, he had a small closet and he was afraid of that, but for a very specific reason. You guys remember those My Buddy dolls from like the 80s and 90s? Yeah. They literally look like Chucky. It <laughs> oh, literally yeah, yeah. looked like Chucky, just like Chucky's nice brother. <laughs> but so my brother caught a few scenes of Chucky and was tormented by that fucking doll. <laughs> so really, he was scared of Chucky. Yeah, so he would keep that doll in his closet, but the closet would, like, freak him out because he knew the doll was in it. So every night when mm -hmm. he went to bed, I would hear, stomp, 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 door open, spam! <laughs> and then stomp, 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 and I'd look in the hallway, and it was that doll. Just, like, he would throw it out every time. I can sympathize. I have doll issues, too. <laughs> There was a collection of porcelain dolls I had as a kid, and I shared a, a bunk bed with my sister. I was on the top bunk, and the shelf was parallel with my sight line. So they would just stare oh, at me terrifying. at night when mm -hmm. I tried to get to sleep. Oh, no. With their glass doll eyes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Any minute, I thought they were going to move and, I don't know, try something. Oh, oh God, I feel you on that. My mother used to, like, get me a new porcelain doll every year, and I never understood why I hated those things. Yeah, I never played and with them. And when I moved out of her house, she's like, you're not taking your dolls with you? I'm like, no, I'm not taking those creepy little dolls with me. <laughs> I'm finally free of them. <laughs> you live with a nightmare. <laughs> I used to have a recurring dream of that there was an owl in my closet watching me. Which when I was they, young, you I got thought, visited by aliens. Yeah. When I was young, I thought it was really creepy, but now I think it would just be cool to <laughs> find an owl in my closet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, if, if this were Adventure Time, that'd be like a sign that whatever was also in your dream is going to happen in real life. So, <laughs> well, where's my owl, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm owed one owl. <laughs> so, Sabrina and Karen, um, can you guys tell me, okay? It's time to talk about the sirens now. <laughs> Can you guys tell me kind of what's your favorite episode or moment or conversation that we've had on the show that you found yourself sort of like yelling at us and you wanted to contribute something to it? And now's your chance. I really like the haunted holiday folklore episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank That's you. A good one. That one was and fun. I wasn't yelling at that one at all. I thought that Sierra did a fantastic job. I thought it was really well-researched. Thank you. That one turned out well because it was both Melissa and Jackie were sick and just wanted to hear stories. <laughs> yeah. I, I, <laughs> and I had extra time at work to kill. Yeah, that was the best part about it for me. I was actually wrapping gifts for the holidays and I oh, <laughs> was nice. listening to the episode at the same That's time. That's perfect. And it's something that I absolutely nice. hate to do, but it was so fun listening to Sierra tell stories uh for me it was the storytelling that made the best sense um 
also uh having uh uh jackie and melissa <laughs> being sick and interjecting they, they were, it was like the two little kids like she was telling them bedtime stories and they were interjecting with their witty comments so that was pretty funny yeah, we were we warned Sierra ahead of time. We're like, we're we both feel like crap, so we're we're gonna <laughs> interrupt you and be like, I'm bored. Where's the monster? I think Jackie and I were literally just wrapped up in blankets and like shivering and looking at Sierra and the camera. Like <laughs> mugs of tea and everything. It was just read to yeah. us, yeah. <laughs> But but really good job. And I like the fact that it uh, accentuated the shadow side of Santa Claus. <laughs> with Krampus mm -hmm. and all the, the the fringe characters. Those characters are creepy as hell. We could start doing uh, segments where Sierra basically is like the Crypt Keeper and she just introduces creepy stories. Yes. Awesome. How's your Crypt Keeper? Welcome, children. <laughs> Come in. <laughs> We've actually talked about doing uh, segments where we, we literally make videos where we read you guys creepy stories, so... Yeah, that, <laughs> that might be a regular yeah, thing. That would be mm -hmm. excellent. That's something I've been dying to do because my kid doesn't like to listen to stories. So I'm just going to make everybody else listen to me read stories. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like that thing you were looking forward to in motherhood that you don't get to do. Yeah. <laughs> when when you get funny. a podcast, you can make people listen to anything. So. <laughs> Did we hear from Sabrina yet? Not yet. One of my favorites. I'd have to say it would be the Horror for Kids episodes. I like that little trip down memory lane and to hear some of the new stuff coming out for kids. Nice. That one went all over the rails, I feel like. Like, we, mm -hmm. we covered, like, anything possibly related to Horror for Kids. We got all and that's the one of those things that you don't think about. And then once you start to think, like, oh, actually, a lot of these movies are pretty awful <laughs> and terrifying <laughs> yeah there's a lot of creepy shit i used to listen to and read and watch kind and of really explains how i turned out <laughs> that one was tough because when we when we talked about the concept of doing it we had to we realized very quickly that there was going to be we had to break it up into like there's horror for kids there's horror about kids there's you know horror with mm -hmm. kid protagonists like there were so many different branches of horror mm -hmm. associated with kids that we just had to separate it into a whole bunch of different episodes yeah yeah i think we still have a couple on our list there like how the fact that uh children villains are always the creepiest oh yeah big time yeah that girl from the orphanage who turned out to not really Ooh. be be a child <laughs> yeah i think you know we've done a couple of episodes about Let's see, we did the Witches comic series, the Witch movie, we had the Witch Files on as guests. I want to know if the Witches, we're just going to call you guys the Witches, is that okay? Yeah. We just made that your name today. <laughs> <laughs> is there something that you guys would like to hear us cover or d dive into that we haven't yet? Especially if it's witch related, because seriously, that's, that's fun. My favorite horror genre is anything that's supernatural horror. And I'd love just a ghost-related episode. Yes. <laughs> Speak in our language there. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't think we've done the... I think Sierra has been jabbing at us to do a ghost hunter episode. We haven't done that yet. Oh, yeah. I would love to do an episode about ghost hunting shows and ghost hunting techniques. And I would love to do an episode about different types of haunting and, like, the different categories of okay. ghosts. I think those are probably two separate episodes, but... At That'd least really two. Fun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Easily. 
Oh my gosh, I just got an idea. You what? just gave me an idea for something so fun that we can do. We Is it the horror game show thing? Because honestly, we need to talk about that. <laughs> no, you, that's your idea. I'll let you keep that one. <laughs> we could each, I think Sierra, Jackie, and I all live in areas that are particularly drenched in ghost lore and haunted places. We could probably start sort of a Sirens blog on Megan oh, yeah. on the site where we could go out and take photos and offer up a little bit of history of like local haunted spots that we find. Ooh, I am. Dude, one- I've already started doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I am 1000% behind that and not at all surprised that Sierra's already started doing that. <laughs> yeah, there's, um, there's definitely a couple hotels around Seattle that I want to go to and just like check in for a night and like have my camera and a recorder on and see if anything happens. Ooh, yes. I think that'd be really fun. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yes. I've got a super, super old uh, <laughs> French cemetery, tiny little French cemetery with, like, this little mm. tiny old-style, like, one-room church on the property. Mm-hmm. And the history is connected to the people who actually, like, settled the town and, and created the town that I live in, so... I always take people there when they come to see me and like, I don't care if they like scary things or not. Like we're going to go to the cemetery. (laughs) That's funny. When, whenever people visit uh, Savannah down here, I'm like, you got to hit a Bonaventure cemetery. That's that's always where I send them to is a cemetery. Seriously. It's gorgeous. It's like 200 acres and has honestly the most beautiful marble sculptures you'll ever see in there. A couple hundred years old too. Okay. So our first entry to the new sirens blog Haunted places. We'll dedicate to the witch files. How's that? Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> we have a couple more minutes for you guys. Do you want to tell us who you would be best friends with? Any horror character you would be best friends with? If it can't be the devil himself, because he's got the hookup on all sorts of powers and, and adventures. I guess maybe a magical practitioner like John Constantine. Mm. Ooh, that'd be cool. That'd be really and fun. So rock and roll. Maybe. Yeah. Tons of he's very punk. Yeah. I would probably I see being friends with him. Like to be friends with Emmy from Harrow County. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that'd be really yeah. nice. <laughs> Don't get on her bad side though. No. She's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. She'll send the hates after you. That's right. Yep. You girls, I think, had a couple of recommendations for us, too. Why don't you shoot those out? Yeah, we wanted to recommend something we just found on Netflix. It's a South Korean horror movie from 2016 called The Wailing. Hmm. Now, okay, there are subtitles. Oh, I love Korean horror. But it's about this police officer who goes into a small town to investigate a string of murder. And it seems like there's something demonic behind it all right that sounds cool of course there is it's a korean horror movie (laughs) (laughs) but it has some really good showing of of korean shamanism which is really interesting and a topic that we're totally unfamiliar with and would like to research more and in fact we're probably going to do an episode soon on that movie you'll have to let us know if it seems accurate their depiction there after you uh dig into the yeah. the background a bit sure absolutely that sounds cool we'll definitely be doing a korean horror episode that's on my list of must oh, must yeah. have so i think that's been on our list like since before we actually started recording oh, wow. well the <laughs> hardest part is deciding like you know do you do a korean a japanese and chinese 
like there's so much great Asian, Asian horror out there yeah. I don't know how to separate it <laughs> so okay talk to me about the Black Monday murders because I like this book too oh it's one of my favorites right now it's by Jonathan Hickman with art by Tom Coker the premise is what if all the major financial institutions of the world were actually magical schools and covens and they were influencing mm. the financial markets to benefit them with black magic that sounds <laughs> fascinating honestly yeah i'm way into that and it's full of great ceremonial magic a lot of left hand work packs with demons and it also has a leading man of color, which is really interesting. He's the detective. So mm -hmm. it's really, really wonderful really book. Cool. It teaches you about the financial markets and the, but it also has a wonderful hook between the magical and what's actually going on in history. So nice. I love it. It's a really, really rich. Jonathan Hickman-like book. <laughs> you know how he can be. <laughs> he has very rich world building. It was a little too real for me, though. I think I'm going to start wearing a tinfoil hat. <laughs> just to keep from it going. I think I just heard our time is up sound. Oh, Witch Files ladies, thank you for coming. Thank you so much. We're going to have to have you guys back on for a full episode sometime, too. Oh, awesome. we'd love, we'd love to. Thank you so much and happy anniversary. And we look forward Thank to you. hearing what you guys you. have for us in the future. And uh, you have loyal fans, <laughs> a fan, lo loyal fans with us. We're happy to hear that. <laughs> Thank you so much. We'll talk to you ladies soon. Thanks. Bye guys. Bye guys. Bye. So Bob Ryer's up next. My buddy Bob, there you are. Hello, hey, happy Bob. anniversary and congratulations. Well, thank, thank you. Yeah. So Bob Ryer, who's our next guest, he joined us once before for episode 16, which we called Horror Then and Now. Bob is the host of the Talking Comics podcast. Uh, he's also a co-host of my other podcast, the Top Shelf Book Club. And he's someone that I lovingly consider my personal comics and horror historian. Oh, Bob taught us a lot in the episode that he was on. Mm -hmm. Honestly, we walked away like feeling we'd heard the best and most fun lecture ever. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best review I have ever had about anything. Thank you so much, guys. Bob also gave me the coolest nickname that I've ever been given, which was the Furiosa of Follicles. <laughs> <laughs> You should. Yeah. Sierra, we need to redesign my logo. I was just going for alliteration and that just seemed to work. <laughs> so Bob, tell us about what is what's your what's your big childhood fear or irrational fear? What's the thing that really keeps you scared? Well, as as an only child of older parents. The idea of being alone can be really scary, and it was put into complete sharp relief by an old movie I saw as a little boy called Invaders from Mars, mm. where a little boy looks out his back window and sees a spaceship land 
behind the fence in his backyard. <laughs> and, and eventually, as an in invasion of the body snatchers, which came out three years later, all the people get taken over. The first person to get taken over by the Martians is his father, then oh, his mother, okay. then the police chief, and the whole support system oh, no. disappears. The fact that I could look out my back window and see the same sort of fence as in this movie, and that behind my fence was the same sand pit the Martians landed in, and there was a cemetery? Come on! Oh, jeez! He's <laughs> <laughs> seven years old, and that's what your father shows you as a movie. It's He's a Martian! <laughs> That's terrifying. Yeah. yeah, that one got to me. And the funny thing is, in, years later, reading about the movie, the fellow who made it is named William Cameron Menzies, who is mostly a set designer for famous films like Gone with the Wind, directed a few things. He shot the movie sort of like the Peanuts episode. Grown-ups are seen from the ground up, from the kid's eye view. Oh, and yeah. You don't That's notice really that smart. when you see it. Yeah. And so when you see it again, knowing that, it's like, oh, this is even creepier than I remember. <laughs> so so to me, it's that, that feeling of, uh, you know, I'm really alone in the world. That's a big oh. one. That's, that's kind of lasted, yeah. you know? Yeah. Do not see a monster calls. Don't see it. Okay. Uh, well, I will because <laughs> Don't see I it. loved your recommendation, so I'm writing that one down. Don't I'm see monster it, Bob, because you're going to cry, and then I'm going to feel like it's scared is fun, though. <laughs> oh. Look, for, for Mother's Day that just passed, I was trying to watch something that was going to be not a weepy. I want to try something a little different. So I said, you know, with the new Alien movie coming out, I'll watch Aliens. There you go. Which is, yeah, and then there's all, I watched the, the director's cut, so there's all this stuff with Newt and her family, and mm -hmm. you get to see Ellen finding out she's lost her daughter. She was supposed to be home for her 10th birthday, and all. it's like, ah, oh, this is what I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is it is one of my absolute favorites, so it's, yeah, it, it didn't matter. At the end of the day, you know, Ellen kicks butt and takes names, and yep, got to go with that. That's funny. I, on Mother's Day, saw that sci-fi was uh, running Carrie, and I was like, yes, I'm going to watch Carrie, because it's Mother's Day. This is perfect. And then I put it on, and I was all excited, and it was the the new version instead of the old oh. one. And I was so mad. Sci-fi, you like, got me again. Done bold, you know? I know. I was so excited, and then so hurt. Uh, there was one channel that was running Mommy Dearest all day. Nice. <laughs> oh, I used to show that in my video store for Mother's Day. Nice. <laughs> but then I, was, I, I would also show Dracula on Easter. And people go, why are you showing Dracula and not like Easter Parade? Well, he rises from the yeah, dead, he's too. he's being reborn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We, okay. we watch the zombie movies all day in my house for um for, for Easter. Easter. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Exactly. Kid friendly zombie films because Max was watching them with me, but a lot of them. Uh, uh, kid, I want to hear about kid friendly zombie movies. Oh, I don't remember. I think we watched uh Definitely what? Fido. No, we didn't yeah. watch Fido yet. Really? I wonder That's if that surprise. one's I wonder if that one's safe enough to watch with him. I'm not sure. Um yeah, we watched, uh, what the heck did we watch? We watched something called Mom, I Think I'm a Zombie or something. It's like an animated oh movie. I can't remember. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, we watched them all day long. We watched various. Uh, I watched so many movies with this kid. I can't remember what I watched back at Easter. <laughs> That's correct. That's correct. Um, I think. What about the, Warm Bodies? That's like the cutest little zombie love story ever. Oh yeah, that's yeah. A good one. yeah, that's a cute story. I'm not sure if he would quite get. I don't think he quite gets the concept of love. He might just get yet. bored. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too much talking. I love it. It, it, it's tough. Yeah. Still in the concept cooties phase. <laughs> Too much talking. Yeah. <laughs> Too many cooties. We saw, uh, I think even Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was a little bit slow just from the kind of like character, so much character interaction. So, mm-hmm. yeah. His favorite part of that movie were the nipple jokes. <laughs> Drax made multiple times. He keeps telling everybody that he talked about nipples. <laughs> That's funny. So I'll go over well in preschool. <laughs> his favorite words are nipples and penis. So I'm sure he's really popular in his preschool class. <laughs> uh, what? Don't 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 play Mad Libs with with Max. <laughs> Bob, I think you're Bob. I think you're really excited to talk about your favorite sirens episodes and moments, aren't you? Yes, I am. You are. And now, what I want to I want to put something out there right now. We you've already had three guests on, <laughs> and I'm going to pick two episodes different from what they've chosen. So we've all picked different things. That shows you what a wonderful show you ladies are doing. That three, you know, all these different people are picking. <laughs> Episodes as their favorite. That means they're all great. Oh. Bob loves to make us blush. You guys are wonderful. <laughs> so, so for me, the first one was where you guys talked about your fears, spiders and injections oh, and my... all this sort of yep. That was that was so much fun. Hearing what other people were frightened of. Have you guys worked through any of those fears in the week since? Not even a little bit. <laughs> oh come on still some aversion therapy you know? terrified <laughs> spiders i did watch that you know? i did watch that autopsy movie and recommend it what was that called the autopsy was it the autopsy of jane doe yeah yeah remember everybody so asked me know? why i watched that after i said my biggest fear was morgues <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was See, honestly surprised you watched that one. I did hide behind a pillow through part of it, but I watched. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. That's I think great I actually stuff. stopped watching about twice. I like covered my eyes, but I went back to it. Uh, they're reasonable things to be afraid of. Don't get me wrong. There was an article in the paper this week about some little boy in Florida touched a fuzzy caterpillar and nearly <sighs> died because it's apparently <sighs> called the the pus caterpillar or something. It's it's filled with yes. It's Ew. Florida. They've got all sorts of stuff I'm down there. I'm horrified by the name. Is that really what it's called? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's cute. It's like you would want to, it's like yellow and orange, and it turns into a beautiful moth at the end of the day, but it has poisonous spines that stick on your flesh. Ugh. <laughs> so, you know, bugs can be interesting. You know, uh, injections, uh, as we talked somewhere down the world, when, when I saw Halloween 2, the first one in a movie theater, Look, Michael Myers is wiping people out left and right and doing all sorts of stuff. The moment that affected the most people was Laurie Strode getting a shot in her arm in the hospital. <laughs> really? Because people, yeah, because everyone can relate to getting a needle. Yeah. And it's, oh, I know what that feels like. I know what that sounds like. Yeah. 
you know, serial killer in a William Shatner mask with a giant, you know, kitchen knife. Not so much. <laughs> Doesn't happen much. I mean, everybody usually. can relate to the terrifyingness that is William Shatner, too. So, hey, I'm a Star Trek guy here. Me you too, know, but Picard for life, man. No, no way. Kirk forever. Nah. We're going to have to arm wrestle about this one. All right, you're on. (laughs) I wouldn't arm wrestle, Jackie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know I'm going to lose, but you know. Is that that your favorite episode? Um, I think my favorite, though, is your 31 Days of Horror. Oh, yeah. I got so many great recommendations from that. In, In my own favorite list now, The Babadook, which scared the crap out of me. (laughs) <laughs> loved it follows the sort of 70s vibe the music cues were so great within that film i knew you loved, loved that one loved the premise and i think your next might be my favorite home invasion movie of all time yeah the wow. twists on twists of that one that was really good stuff so, I, so i've got three lists i've seen now 20 of the movies on this list nice I, I own eleven of them, so I'm, I'm I'm working it. I've got I've got I've got a chart and I've got dots and stuff on it. I'm working it. I'll get to all of them eventually. That's so fun to hear. I love that. <laughs> can you take Can you take a picture? Oh, Bob doesn't use a cell phone. Never mind. Oh, Bob. No. <laughs> There's my camera on. Wait a minute. I want to see a I want to see a visual of this chart. There's the list. See, look, list. See the dots? Oh, dots. your camera's not on. Click on the, the button at the top there. I must witness. I must witness the list. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's it's showing in the group one. That's awesome. Drew, can you take a screen cap of that? Yeah, I had my camera ready. I was going to take a picture of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that 31 yeah. Days of Horror might be Got our it. bar that we have to achieve yeah. for the next year. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, well, it'll be a, an annual thing. Yeah, we'll do it no, next October it too. Yeah, There's, there are hundreds and hundreds and thousands of horror movies, and each year could be something new. We yeah. did have to. Mm-hmm. We did have to go through a pretty severe process to cut that our list down to this. Yeah, shocking. Yeah, we, true. We had so few overlaps between the, the three of us. Like we thought for sure <laughs> oh, yeah. that we would have duplicates, but all three of us have different. We you basically know, interests. all came up with a thirty-one days of horror list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a bit crazy. And you merge them together. And when they're all separate, when I manage 112 Video, which still exists, it's the it was the largest video rental store out here. We have 40,000 titles, lots of VHS. Mm-hmm. It 12 employees. Is, we need to do the top horror movies of all time. So everyone submitted a list. And some people got mad at me because as the manager of the joint, it's like, okay, you know, that one goes. Sorry. That, that you know. You got one vote out of 12, I'm sorry, and even though I like it too, it's got to go, and you try to sort out, and then try to add some other stuff to it, what's historically important, what's scariest, and but it's, it's tough to do when you start to have differing opinions, and if they're all very different, oops, 93 days of horror, that's what I'm saying. Oh, wow. <laughs> A whole year's worth. Right. A whole season. <laughs> The fall of horror, you know, from September 22nd to December 22nd, whatever. That'll work. That'll yeah. be a hell of a list. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> Bob, I think you had a recommendation for us too, right? You have something you want to tell us about? Yes, yes I do. I've got one that's sort of an oldie double feature and one brand new one. The oldie is 
It's Alfred Hitchcock's favorite movie of his own works. It's from 1942 and it's called Shadow of a Doubt. And hmm. it's his first first movie set in America. Uncle Charlie, played by Joseph Cotton, his name is Charles Oakley, comes to his little town in Santa Rosa, California, to visit his family because he's on the run because he's actually the merry widow killer. He strangles old widow ladies to get their money. Oh, wow. And he shows up in this little town with his niece, who's named after him. She's Charlotte, so she's, you know, young Charlie. And the FBI and the detectives are after him, and it goes into a lot of really creepy places. As usual with Hitchcock, there's lots of humor as well as all the suspense, and I, I, I won't spoil any of how this works because it sounds like you ladies haven't seen it. Mm-mm. But it was kind of remade in the 50s as something called The Return of Dracula. What? Direct, directed by a fellow named Paul Landers and stars Francis Lederer as Count Dracula, who was actually in, in silent movies as far back as Pandora's Box with Louise Brooks. And... What that is about, it's it's Dracula who comes to California to stay with to stay with his family and no one knows it's him. And it's played pretty pretty modern. He doesn't wear a cape, but he does wear his top coat sort of draped over his shoulders. Mm-hmm. And Francis Letter has this mid-European accent. And it's just really, really creepy. Great score by a guy named Gerard Freed. So that's that's from 1958. So that's kind of a remake of Hitchcock that nobody knows. That's really fun. Yeah. So it works as a nice double feature. I'm going to watch Return of Dracula later on tonight, as a matter of fact. But my new movie is called The Girl with All the Gifts. Mm. And it's from a, a novel, short story that became a novel by Mike Carey, directed by Cole McCarthy. And it stars Gemma Arterton, Patty Considine, and newcom- uh, Glenn Close. And a newcomer, Sanaya Nanua, and it's thoughtful British sci-fi horror, like Day of the Triffids and Village of the Damned, 28 Days mm-hmm. Later. Uh, the movie opens on this little girl who's like a young teenager, just waking up in this weird little bunker. The, the armed guards come in, the, the army, literally, strap her into a wheelchair and wheel her into this classroom with a whole bunch of other similarly restrained children. Because there's a new way of things in the world. Things have gone to hell in a handcart. And it's explained slowly. You don't hear about it right away. And it is laid out with mostly practical effects in some real settings. The destroyed places are shown. It's it's, uh, dilapidated hospitals. They shot aerial footage of the town surrounding Chernobyl. Oh, wow. To get get a real look. It's an interesting premise. Really well delivered. It's a clever script and direction. You have great layered performances by everyone involved. Some real horrific horror elements. It really isn't for little ones, particularly because there are kids involved. But a really, really great film that I, I can't recommend highly enough. The Girl with All the Gifts. I think cool. I talked about this one because I read the book, and the book is even better than the movie. Uh, I like the movie a lot, but the book is even better. It's fantastic. Ah, okay. Yeah. I love that Wasn't one. Wasn't it also a series as well? Not that I know of. Oh, I thought it was like a BBC series, or maybe it was a British-made movie? It's a British-made British movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, all right. Then that's what I'm confusing there. Yeah, definitely a British film. Uh, Bob, did you ever see What We Do in the Shadows? No. Okay. Okay, write that one down. That is doing... on your top priority list, okay? Because you just reminded me of that, okay. talking about a vampire it's visiting so a family in California. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's it's a good it's a good movie when you need a good laugh, 
It's one of my okay. it's one of my favorite hum, uh, humorous horror stories ever. Now I'm I'm blanking on the name. I know you guys talked about it, and I did watch it. It's the one with Thomas Hiddleston. Uh, Crimson the, Peak. The, no, that that one I own. That yeah, that it's the, it's the Jim Jarmusch vampire movie. Hmm. It's oh. it's he. Oh, um, I love Jim Jarmusch. Only lovers left alive. Is that it? Yeah. Only lovers left alive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was creepy. That was a lot of fun though too. I don't think I've seen that one, but it sounds cool. Yeah. Uh, like there, he's very retro, sort of Jim Morrison, a rock star vampire. Nice. Nice. But the only way to way to put it, who, who wants to hold on to his old technology, which is very, you know, resonant for someone like me who still has a, you know, a rotary <laughs> phone in the kitchen. So that's another, that's another goodie. Well, Bob, I hate to, I hate to get rid of you because you always have so much oh, yeah. interesting <laughs> stuff to tell us about. I think we'll definitely have to bring Bob back for another show again this year too. I, I'd be honored. I'd be honored. Ladies, uh, it was such a thrill being on the first time. <laughs> I'm so happy for your success. From moment one, when your first theme song came well, on, thank you, Bob. Thank you. I knew I found a podcast to listen to. So best best Good of night. luck moving forward. Good night. See you tomorrow. Josh Ickes is up next. He is a filmmaker and a self-described horror geek. Co-hosts a podcast called The Empathy Machine, which is launching next week with an, a retrospective series about the Alien franchise. And Josh is one of our favorite Twitter friends, so I'm super excited to have him on the podcast finally. Thanks for being on, Josh. Thank you guys for having me. I'm As soon as the call went out for uh, uh, super fans, I made sure to respond. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. You're like, me, me, me. <laughs> <laughs> this is my moment. <laughs> Well, since we're on the topic, what's your favorite Sirens episode or topic that we've covered or your favorite horror genre, subgenre? Okay, that's like five questions now all of a sudden. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's how Um, we do it. Yeah. One thing that I really liked was your guys' witches episode because I was into, I like read the first issue and then kind of fell off because I couldn't get it at my local store and just kind of forgot about it. Then when you guys did that episode, I was like, oh yeah, it's great. And it was one of the things that like, I like so much about your show is that you guys are such fans of things. And that's what I love more than anything is someone else's passion and excitement coming through. And uh, it made me like, it reinvigorated me and now I have all the issues and the the big um, like artists proof oh, nice. issue that they did. Yeah, nice. it's very cool. So now that you've I read that, all of I them, what do you think about you it? Pretty penny. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not too bad actually. So now that you've read the whole thing, what do you think about it? Oh, I love it. It's it's weird because I grew up in a very rural area. I actually, I have a friend who's from the same area as the writer of, of witches. Oh, and so talking to him because uh, he loves the series as well. Talking to him about how dead on the setting is it makes oh, it feel like way too realistic oh. like i don't want to go into the woods because i know what's in the trees now dead people. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know you're a father does that uh hit a little close to home with being a father and that being a re- running theme through the story okay so uh, there's like something about when you become a, a parent at least for me that all this other stuff that didn't bother me before bothers me now. Yeah. Um, I mean, to the point that the, um, the Amityville horror remake uh, mm-hmm. from a few years ago, 
I went and saw that in the theater by myself and immediately had to like run home and hug my kids because it was it's like it's about being a bad dad and Mm -hmm. uh, and the shining especially the book like it's such a through line of him um, having all this sorrow kind of for the way that he uh, perceived himself as a father that oh it it just it tears me up now we've talked about this on the show before the ultimate fear of being a bad failing as a parent and your kid getting hurt or disappearing or something like how that that makes it all horror stuff more terrifying now (laughs) well and there's something about my kids are 11 and 14 now so there's something about like they're becoming their own people and they have all these thoughts and ideas that I have no clue about. So it's almost like a possession story at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I have a I have a real life confession I can make for you guys today. What's that? We had we had a real horror moment as parenting today where we suddenly couldn't find our son in the house. Oh geez. In the house. <laughs> I'm not kidding. No, I like I thought that he was outside with his dad and then his dad showed up and I was like, where's Max? And he said, I don't know. Like searching through your all three floors of stops. our house, yelling his name, couldn't find him anywhere. He's not answering. And kids at four years old like to hide. So we're searching everywhere to see mm-hmm. if he's hiding. He thinks so it's he probably thought it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, we thought it, he was just hiding because he, he thinks it's funny. No, he had decided to go out in the backyard. And as he put it, I wanted to go have some fun. So he went out the door by himself <laughs> in the backyard and didn't oh tell my us. God. And he was so he was upset at us for being upset. Like I was just trying to have fun. That's what he kept saying. Like, this is not fun. Aw, Max. <laughs> disappeared. This is not fun. Amazing. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Real life horror today. Yeah, kids are resilient oh, though. That's the thing. Like it's scarring yeah, for the parent scary. more than it is for a kid. <laughs> yeah. He just thought that we so were besides- like what whatever, guys. When you're overreacting. <laughs> <laughs> besides kid stuff what formative horror things have stuck with you all the time josh actually i just had to revisit it this last week for uh, my podcast aliens mm-hmm. i saw it like on hbo or something when i was way too young and ripley's dream at the beginning where where she has the dream that she's talking to uh, burke and the chest burster comes out of her that like it it broke my brain in a very specific way that I was like, is that childbirth? What's happening? <laughs> so that's one of those things that has like just stuck with me forever. That and the beginning of Children of the uh, Children of the Corn. Uh-huh. That's a creepy one. Yeah, they rise up against the the parents, and it's like this once again an incredibly rural, just like it, it could be a town in Indiana type of thing, and they all look totally normal. It's it's mm-hmm. not like it's super spooky. It's like a nice sunny day. And that is the, the fact that it can come out of anywhere. Just, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those times when, like, your imagination is your worst enemy and will come up with anything more terrifying than a movie could. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and then while we still have you, is there anything that you want to recommend? Any horror stuff you're loving right now? The first thing, I have a couple. Uh, actually, if I can piggyback on Bob's recommendation of yeah, yeah. Um, Shout Out of a Doubt, Go for it. Um, I covered that on my old podcast. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, it's fantastic. Hitchcock and Joseph Cotton gives this like speech in the middle of it that is just epic. And he's such a diseased 
person in that movie. It's so good. Mm-hmm. But the first thing that I had thought of was a movie called Harvest Lake. Never heard of that. I got to see it at a festival up in Evansville, Indiana, I believe last year. This is actually the year anniversary of it. They're doing it again this weekend. But it's by these uh, filmmakers from Indiana who I've gotten to know a little bit since then. And they've made another movie called Plank Face. And I think their new one is like Space Babes from Outer Space or something. It's it's sound amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's astonishing. It's I love the fact they're making this stuff that is like it's just exactly what they want to make. Uh-huh. Totally. People that are trying to do like the indie version of a big budget studio film. And these guys are just like, nah, screw that. Yeah. It's what the people want. <laughs> and people are eating it up. Classic. But uh, yeah, Harvest Lake, it starts as this total, like regular by the number slasher film. Like you have kids going to camp and to the point that, I made this movie several years ago. My friend Cameron McCasland wrote and directed it, and I shot it and edited it for him. And it's the exact same, like the first half hour or something. We were like, oh, man, we all ripped off the exact same movies. This sucks. (laughs) These guys take it to such a weird place, and it's like it's the psychosexual drama and aliens, and it's just fantastic. I immediately had to, like— I forked over 25 bucks right there. I was like, do you guys have a Blu-ray of this? I will take it right now because yeah, I need this in my you've life. You've got my attention here. This is mm-hmm. <laughs> this going on my list here. And it's pretty short. It's 78 minutes, I think. So it, it's a it's an easy watch. And don't get bogged down in the first little bit because I feel like they're setting up this cliche just to like explode it mm-hmm. in, in the, the second two acts. Hey, hang on. We're oh. getting the fuzz again. The witch is back. Is it there now? Okay. It's, it's gone. It's gone. Okay. <laughs> another film that i got to see at a festival last year which was down here at the national film festival is the lure i don't know if you guys have seen this at all the lure yes like what the sirens do lure (laughs) exactly yeah it is about these two girls who are like mermaids and come out of the it's like Czechoslovakia or something. They come out mm-hmm. of this river and they join this disco band. Is that the one that Jackie and I are obsessed with? It sounds like I it. I think so. It looks like it's in Polish. The trailer Polish. was going around for a while. Yes, Polish. Yeah, it was floating all around social media for, for a bit there. And Sierra and I were just like geeking on every time we saw it. I've never gotten a chance to actually watch it, though. Have you, Sierra? Oh, my gosh. No, not yet. Oh, it is. It is amazing. I went into it blind. I knew that we were screening like our short before. That's the only reason I went to that screening because mm-hmm. I think there was, I don't know, there was something else cool. But I was like, oh, okay, I'll go see this thing. And honestly, a lot of the stuff that they program in like the midnight movie slots at film festivals, it's incredibly hit or miss. Yeah. And that's where a lot of my stuff gets programmed, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the um, people walked out of the theater. It's one of the few times that I've seen people walk out of a theater because it, they were upset by what was going on and it was just awesome oh yeah it's great (laughs) that's honestly like a huge recommendation there like that that will get me intrigued (laughs) that's funny yeah and also i've gotten to do a lot of work with a local horror host i don't know um if you guys know of uh, dr gangrene but he's like kind of a nashville staple he was on like our public television station for a while and now i think his show is still on the cw he and my friend cameron mccastle once again write and direct 
you know, it's a classic creature feature. Dr. Gangrene is played by Larry, and he's got a show on YouTube now where he's like, I think he's still going through all the, the movies of Vincent Price, uh, oh, which is cool. a pretty great um, kind of scholarly nerdy appreciation of that stuff. It's it's cool to get into that community a little bit too of people that are like, I don't know, they dress up in goofy costumes and will go to conventions and sign things. Mm-hmm. And I totally love it. I got to do, we actually got to screen one of the films we made at a drive-in here. And it was between the first feature was Goonies and then like our short and then Nightmare on Elm Street. And it was oh, just like awesome. one of the best nights ever. That's so perfect. Um, that's really yeah. cool. Dr. Gangreen, like he was the host of the evening. Um, I got to take my son to go out and he got to watch Goonies and Nightmare on Elm Street for the first time yes. at this drive-in. And it was just this awesome experience. So That's so cool. Yeah. The, the, the horror slash geek community is just it's so full of love mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's something that, you know, I think that your guys' show really exemplifies. Like, thank you. That's a pretty awesome compliment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you. <laughs> I, I listen to you guys. Honestly, when I'm depressed and I think I, I know that like years ago, um, I wrote to Sierra. Nerdist buddies. Uh, yeah, yeah. At some point in time, because I had this crush on your family. Oh yeah. My family's awesome. Yeah. You have the cutest family <laughs> ever. Honestly. Family's pretty adorable. <laughs> yeah. You guys were going to, uh, I don't know, some con or something and you were all dressed up different and your dad was there and it was just like, I don't know. I think I wrote to you at the time and I said that it was like a roadmap for how I wanted to treat my kids which so far they are incredibly weird. So it's yep. a- you're doing a good thing. Okay. <laughs> you're doing it good. Nice. <laughs> I don't know, not to get like mushy here in the last couple of minutes, but yeah, get um, mushy. We do love it. it. <laughs> That's what this episode's for. <laughs> it's, I really do think that having a community and having people around you and recognizing that there's people out in the world that have kind of the same thoughts and interests as you is really important. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys where I grew up, like, I was the outsider. Mm-hmm. There wasn't that many people. I mean, it was a small town. You know, I moved there like a little bit later than everybody else. So it's this kind of thing where the internet has brought us together in these ways. And I know for like my mental health, it's, it's, is a huge influence yeah. on me. Yeah. And it, it really is like, you know, I've followed you guys on Twitter and whatnot. And it, Part of it is seeing people that I appreciate and respect go through some of these same struggles and like knowing that they occasionally lose their own kids in their house. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. That part's private. Even though you guys cover like horror and scary stuff, it's in a very like loving and appreciative way. And I think that uh, it's a force for, for good in the world. That is so awesome to hear. Yay. Like, I think my we heart can just never grew stop a couple doing sizes this <laughs> We make people happy. We make people happy. <laughs> so, real quick, uh, Josh, I know you're a filmmaker and uh, you you do horror films there. Do you make your, do you have your own blood recipe? It, it totally depends on what is called for at the time. Yeah. It's sometimes there's chunks, sometimes <laughs> sometimes you can't stain anything. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we've gone through literally dozens uh, of them, sometimes multiple ones in the same movie. Oh, wow. It's just, 
it kind of depends. My favorite though is we took uh, a tube and connected it to an air compressor and filled it with like chunks of sponge and blood, awesome. and then turned the air compressor on and it like sprayed everywhere. Yes, it's it's pretty amazing and fun, and I would nice. highly recommend it for anybody who wants to get into backyard filmmaking to do that kind of stuff. That sounds Memorial Day party trick. Ridiculously fun. <laughs> <laughs> And messy. Everybody gets it all over. So that would be great to do at a at a white party. Like have a white party and oh my just God, yes. suddenly explode blood. Not tell anybody. Oh my just God, that'd be so yeah. fun. You could do it like Carrie style with buckets in the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Just kidding. Oh, yeah. It's a red party. Surprise, suckers. <laughs> that would be too fun. So Josh, before you head out, where's the best place that we can see some of your your films and the stuff that you're working on you can find my stuff at the 79 hawks.com which is it's i was born in 1979 it's named after howard hawks he was a famous director and he was from my hometown he directed slash produced the original the thing like there's a lot of contention it's kind of like the poltergeist steven spielberg um toby hooper thing nice yeah <laughs> yeah that's got all my music videos a bunch of the shorts you can see i think on youtube at under cameron mccaslin He's the director of a lot of them that I, I'm the cinematographer and I edit them and yeah, you can just find it all over. Look up Dr. Gangrene if you guys want some classic horror host stuff. Sounds awesome. I already have. <laughs> We're all over this. Sweet. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys so much for, you know, doing what you do. <laughs> Thanks for all the support and stuff. We, we always like your feedback. Awesome. Thanks guys. <laughs> So our next victim here is Patrick LaRose. Patrick and I go way back, and he's still one of my favorite writers. Lately, Patrick has been writing for The Comic Bastards. I, I'm sure there's more that you told me to mention here, but honestly, I really want to skip to your zombie fear because it's still one of my favorite things that I've ever heard somebody talk about in terms of zombies. <laughs> so Patrick, tell us your thoughts on zombies. Yeah, so to me, <laughs> zombies don't really make any sense because when you break them down, they've lost everything that makes humans a worthwhile animal we're not good at chasing things we're not good at taking things down with our teeth or our fingernails like the only reason we work work is because of our brain and our ability to use tools like i really hate zombies because when because no. when you see a horde of zombies you see a bunch of humans who have been stripped of everything that makes them worthwhile like they don't have the intelligence to use tools to make weapons to strategize yet somehow they are unstoppable everywhere and there's nothing that you can do to do it to, to survive so there's a basically like this giant moving horde of mystery coming at you and also there's some mystery on the door uh, like i hate zombies because you break down like jason who's this eight feet tall superhuman strength monster with a machete and it makes sense that, that 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 guy could stab you hunt you down and tear you to shreds and there's nothing you can do that's true you can... freddy he can find you in, in his dreams yeah a werewolf is a big scary wolf i mean they're not as intimidating as a zombie but people kill werewolves people kill vampires you can't kill a zombie you can only kill one zombie or maybe a few, but like the premise and fear of zombies is that they're unstoppable and you're just buying yourself time. 
So do you avoid zombie movies then? Do they just make you mad when you watch them or do you still like watching them? I hate watching them, but I don't stop. Okay. Because <laughs> that makes sense. I could see, I think voodoo zombies kind of make a little more sense in that regard because then at least you have something controlling them and there's kind of a little more thought behind it versus just like a horde and crowd mentality. But also with those, it's like two, three, five guys. Mm-hmm. Like the the fear behind a voodoo zombie is the priestess. It's not the zombie. Right. Yeah. Right. So you can take out the priestess and then the zombies are no longer an issue, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's somehow like. What's the first uh, Night of the Living Dead? Mm-hmm. Where you're in a house and suddenly all of these dudes that are just shambling, inarticulate dudes that can just bang at your wall and that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's somehow the most terrifying, th- terrifying thing. And I hate that. It's <laughs> not terrifying. You're seeing, you're seeing death in front of you. Seeing your own mortality. And you can't life. reason with them. Yep, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I, that's probably it. I hate zombies because I'm afraid of death. Well, then, because also during a zombie outbreak, the the survivors, the people who are still alive, who were assholes in real life, just become mega assholes. That's and a good then point. They, they become the real threat because they're just stupid and they get you killed or they try to take power uh, because of the situation. And even then, those guys are just buying time. Like, how many episodes <laughs> yep. of The Walking Dead until the leader gets bit? <laughs> yeah. Until their guts get pulled apart and you're cheering for it. <laughs> Very much. Or a baby gets eaten. And then that baby's no more. Yeah, babies are the worst thing to have during a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> They're loud and they slow you down. Yeah, you can't, zombie, you can't be like... zombie bait, right? <laughs> yeah. You can't uh, be like, dude, be cool. <laughs> Zombies are around. They don't... <laughs> like, put that baby out somewhere to cry so you can distract the zombies. <laughs> that will work. I'm a mom. I can say that, okay? <laughs> Everybody get all quiet and awkward on me. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember uh, what Patrick and I were talking about when he uh, revealed this fear of zombies to me, but I swear I think about it like all the time now. <laughs> like, the, like Patrick's fear of zombies. I love it. It's just, I don't know. I, I love it. But so I feel that, like Shaun of the Dead is the only thing that really gets it right. Or it's like it's a bad afternoon and then the military comes in and everything's sorted. Yeah. <laughs> So would that be like your formative fear there? Would that is that the thing that scares you the most? A lot of things scare me. Well, let's hear it. <laughs> I, I'm since I was a kid, I was really afraid of mice. Not like hmm. mice in general. If I saw a, a mouse outside, or if I saw it in someone's home or at work, like fine. See a mouse in my room, then it like shocks me and disturbs me to my core. Why? <laughs> Why the difference? I think That's it's what this, I want to know. <laughs> I think it's this idea that um, something getting into a place that it shouldn't be, like an invasive species disrupting the status quo. Okay, I can see uh, in that. In a similar vein, uh, I grew up in like the middle of Vermont, 
completely away from any civilization and just like in the dark woods. And I was left to home, home alone a lot. So to spend that time, I would just watch like sci-fi channels, uh, unsolved mysteries and like, oh, we're hunting werewolves or ghosts or, or hey, this person telling us about the New Jersey devil. <laughs> so I became like intensely afraid of looking out the window into the woods and having something stare back. <laughs> that's awesome. That, I mean, yeah, that's terrifying. But yeah, that's awesome. There's been an ongoing theme on the show tonight of people being afraid of things in the woods and rural environments. <laughs> the country's scary, man. Any other fears you want to tell us about? Yeah, like bad uh, internet. Bad internet. I don't know. Scary. Yeah, bad internet's <laughs> terrifying. I feel like it's mice, Sasquatch, and, and death. I think those are the solid three. Right on. <laughs> Patrick is my favorite person to ask about his fears because, you know, when he first tells you, well, I'm afraid of this thing in a weird way, you're like, what what are you even talking about? And then he explains and it's like, all right, well, now I'm terrified of it, too. Thanks. The first sentence that he said, I'm afraid of zombies because they don't make <laughs> sense. Like, I think that's my biggest fear is just things yeah, that don't make yeah. sense. I can get that. He touched on my fear. <laughs> like you're right, they don't make sense. That's terrifying. <laughs> but like, I I like that in horror movies, most things have a logical through line. Yeah. Not a realistic through line, but like we understand why like Freddy Krueger is around mm -hmm. and yeah. how he does things. Yeah, like it, it's realistic in that world that they set up. Like if you're if you're entering that world, you have to play it by their rules. So Freddy Krueger's world there, it makes sense why he's there. I'm not afraid of slow zombies, but I'm afraid of fast zombies. Because I feel like slow zombies, I could like outrun with like a fast walk, like a speed walk. But I definitely can't move fast enough for fast zombies because I spend too much time sitting on my butt in front of a computer. <laughs> I'm with you there. I would give up too. I'd be like, fuck it, take me. I'm good. Like, oh, I can't run anymore. Just eat me. <laughs> So, Patrick, do you have a uh, favorite episode or topic or anything you wanted to respond to us on uh, that we were talking about on the show? So I was thinking uh, throughout this entire night, and some of my favorite high points has definitely been that nurse digging caves with a needle into Jackie's arm. <laughs> yeah. And I think, uh, Melissa, uh, when you talked about Max going to school and getting in trouble for pretending to be a zombie... <laughs> which like that was a really old one yeah it's funny though <laughs> I, I think i think that the one i think about the most though is probably the evil children and in the horror for children and just that you when you talk about horror genre and like the different subcategories like slasher and and zombie movies and ghost and all that there are a lot more like those all those other genres are a lot more varied in tonal content and thematic content yeah like a zombie a zombie movie is oh it's capitalism or oh it's death mm -hmm. or it's oh it's modernity but that fear of an evil kid is such a i am afraid of messing up as a parent mm -hmm. or what if there's nothing i can do to keep my kid from being awful and how you think about okay Rosemary's Baby has a basic sequel in uh, The Omen, has a basic sequel in We Need to Talk About Kevin. 
and it's all these different ways to talk about the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which the Babadook even kind of gets into that one too. Yeah. Recently. That kid's awful. He he yeah. is. And that the way that was uh filmed and shown from the mother's perspective, like I feel like that's the closest I as a non-breeder will ever be able to feel uh a parent's pain and how terrible their children their child is. <laughs> like it was like like it was coming through on the screen how terrible that child was and how fucking sick of his shit his mother yeah. was. <laughs> <laughs> and then how terrible she felt about feeling that way. Yeah. <laughs> Notice the parent in the room is very quiet over there. Hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm just... <laughs> I'm thinking about the new thing that Max is in trouble for at school. Oh, God. Since I mentioned the zombie thing. I was like, oh, it's a good thing he doesn't bite people. What, what is it now? <laughs> bite? Oh, biting people? Uh, now he... he no, now he apparently um, pretends to be in video games too frequently. <laughs> like what kind of games? Yeah, that was going to be my question. I don't, I don't know. That I think that it, like, I don't think the teacher really knows very much about video games, so she just like she wrote that. But I really want to question her. Like, can you tell me what characters <laughs> he's doing? I don't know specifically which or, video or, games. Or is he like bringing a controller to school and like pointing it at random kids? Like, go that way. No, no, get yeah. the box. Get. Yeah. Yep, get over there. Yep. <laughs> Probably more of a Star Wars thing, but she just doesn't know yeah. the difference. I think he he kind of runs around like pretending to shoot a lot, like pew, 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 he's doing that all the time. So and she just thinks it's a video game. <laughs> no, that's Star Wars. <laughs> get your pop culture so right. So speaking of video games, so Patrick, I know that you cover video games, comics, things like that on Comic Bastards. What what have been some of your favorite, especially if they're horror themes? I don't play a lot of horror games because I get scared very, very, e very easily. And I'm so yeah. with you, Patrick. <laughs> like, I'm okay with movies because I can look away. But in a horror game, I can never stop being the participant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I guess if I would have to That's say... a great way to explain it. A really recent spooky-ish game I played was Night in the Woods, uh, which is this kind of... A side-scrolling adventure game where you're like this 20-something who goes back to their hometown and there may or may not be a murder cult. Hmm. <laughs> and you're all cats. What? <laughs> this game's on my yeah. list. As someone who doesn't really play games, this sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. This sounds fun. It, like, if any of you are from a small town... It captures that, like, hanging out with your friends and just, like, walking back and forth and seeing everything slowly close down and everyone go away, mm -hmm. which I guess is its own kind of fear. Yeah. If I was lost in the woods and everybody was cats, I would just stay in the woods. It sounds kind of great. <laughs> what if the bad things were in the woods? Yeah, but you have cats on They're your side. They're not going to do anything. They're assholes. They're going to let you fend for yourself. True. Cats are kind of assholes. <laughs> really, you didn't bring food? Screw you. Look at you getting mauled to be like, that looks like a personal problem, dude. Good luck with that. <laughs> Just climb up to the highest tree and watch you get killed. That's pretty close yeah. to what happens, but it's like that Scooby-Doo... Hey, this thing's happening, but no one believes us. Fair enough. I'm going to play this. No spoilers. Okay. okay. <laughs> And Patrick, I know you had a uh, a recommendation. Tell us about it. I think you guys talked about uh, the Black Monday murders a little bit oh, earlier. Oh, yeah, we did talk about that. Yeah. So yeah. let me bring a different thing to the table. All right. Have you ever heard of the YouTube channel Nightmind? Mm -mm. No. 
I was just thinking about it because um, the other YouTube channel, the new video, which is this YouTube channel about a robot slash clone created by the Illuminati to brainwash people with music. Ooh, interesting. But huh. Mind is this really great YouTube channel that collates and analyzes all of these like weird YouTube horror stories. Like these like viral found footage style or these like weird message boards where people are pretending to be serial killers. This sounds like it's so far up my alley. Yeah, this sounds awesome. <laughs> it really helps because I don't did any of you ever watch Marble Hornets when it was out? So that was like one of the original uh Slenderman things and it started all of the oh when Slenderman gets on camera it becomes weird static. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and but if you ever watch that series, it has some good momentum and it's really creepy, but it can't handle it and it kind of falls apart. Mm-hmm. All right. But Nightmind it just like gathers all of those clips and like talks you through what's happening and how everything's coming together. And I'm like, this is much more like palpable. Yeah. Uh, th- than if I was actually watching. That sounds fun. Way into that. Maybe that's what happened to Josh. Maybe he's really slender. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, there's our we have to say bye to Patrick noise. Thank you for joining us, Patrick. Aww. We really thank you. We've been talking me. about having you on for a full episode, and we really need to do that. Yeah, just talk <laughs> about your fears to us for an entire hour. Like honestly, I could listen to that. I could honestly <laughs> listen to you talk about your fears for an hour. Right. I will, I have a lot of neuroses, so. <laughs> I've I've questions, Patrick. Let's talk. <laughs> well, thank you again, and have a lovely evening. Thank you. And now the men are here. Hi, Ryan. And welcome to the first episode of the editors of The Sirens of Scream. (laughs) This is your host, Ryan, the editor, with my co-host, Drew, the editor. Hello, hello. Hi, Hi. Drew. How how are you, Drew? (laughs) I'm doing pretty good. (laughs) Sorry, Drew, I'm pretty good. This is our our first time actually, like, talking. We've only ever, like, texted back and forth. So I think this is the first time I've ever actually heard your voice. Yeah. Sorry. Oh no, no, no! It's great. It's exciting. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what what drew you into <laughs> editing? <laughs> Please continue with the truth. I love it. <laughs> I, I I I don't think I could. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure I could drew this out any longer. <laughs> Uh, what what drew me out to editing the podcast i used to be an audio engineer like a full-time professional audio engineer and i left that gig to go do tech support because money and um i don't know i just i really miss and love audio stuff so this was a good excuse for me to get back into it and start like playing with audio again i like playing with audio too i am an editor for for video 
stuff and the televisions and the TVs and whatnot. And I w was a musician a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> and I would dabble with myself and with other people. That sounds filthy. <laughs> it was yeah. censored. And and how <laughs> guilty? It was pretty dirty. Um, but yeah, so it seemed like a natural kind of thing. I mean, I I I like a good sense of story structure, and I think you know that can be lacking in a lot of podcasts. Is a you know a beginning and middle and end to a conversation. So it's it's fun to it's fun to edit something besides cooking show stuff, which is usually <laughs> what I've been, <laughs> been working on for the past fourteen years of my life, and I want to put a shotgun on my head if I see another cooking show. But it pays the bills. Makes you feel any better? I had um, to edit a, a a video for Paula Dean once. Oh yeah, I worked on Paula Dean's did show really? for like six oh, years. No shit. I did. I've got the inside scoop. She did a I've she did an ad for a casino I was working for, and I had to okay. I had to edit that. Yeah, yeah, she's uh she's an she's an interesting woman. Yeah, <laughs> at least <laughs> <laughs> to, put it, to put it mildly. Uh, yeah, I've, I've I've got a lot of horror stories that are cooking show related, but 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 not really horror related in the classic. Tuning into this podcast, care to listen to about? That's true. Horror. Yeah, um, I guess to uh, keep from getting off topic too much, what are some of your favorite horror things that maybe haven't been talked about on the podcast? Haven't been talked about? Well, I mean, hell, there's a thousand genres, subgenres of horror, and I'm a big horror nerd. I've been into horror since I was a wee lad. My grandmother got me into horror. She would play me the most graphic violent movies Friday the 13th and, and whatnot when I was like four or five years old so I was you know put through the crucible uh, with horror and I love every aspect of it so you name a genre and you know uh, I, I I'd like to see uh, maybe an episode based around uh, you know, a specific uh, serial killer that uh, like uh, Ed Gein or something like that because there's there's a lot of horror like branches off of particular people particular people inspire different kinds of horror that and that goes on to inspire different things like from you know Ed Gein you could get Psycho and Sons yeah. of the Lambs mm -hmm. and Hannibal Lecter and blah 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 that'd um, be fun but uh how about how about you uh, very very similar my mom would show me uh like the cable versions of you know Poltergeist and every Friday the 13th it was a Friday the 13th marathon and Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween was her favorite. So I watched the original Halloween when I was like, I don't know, six, seven years old. That's like the perfect age to watch. Yeah, it too, I yeah. Think, uh, and <laughs> makes a really good impression. And then, you know, would show me things that I probably shouldn't have seen when I was as, you know, like 13 years old, seeing the John Carpenter's The Thing and just being fucking terrified. That really kind of instilled a lifelong love of horror in me. So what do you want to see us cover on the show? Uh, more more sci-fi horror. I'm, I'm a huge sci-fi geek, and I feel like there hasn't been quite enough love. I mean, there's been plenty of talk about Alien and the, that whole franchise, but... Yeah, there's some other good shit out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm big into body horror, too, like Cronenberg stuff, mm -hmm. too, where mm -hmm. it, like, kind of... The, the line between fantasy and science fiction kind of, like, does a very gross dance usually with a lot of weird wet wiggly things like the brood and like the brood like shivers 
the fly oh, is yeah. you know a great example of, you know him dipping into mainstream body. I mean, you know even dead ringers you know has a lot of body horror reanimator there's a a new arrow box set coming out with uh, a new uh 4k transfer of a uh, reanimator and i'm very eager for them to release the last well, it beyond reanimator on blu-ray that they haven't done yet and i would like to see more director centric kind of delves into the sirens with uh, uh Stuart gordon in particular to go through all of his works with reanimator and from beyond which is uh some of my favorite body horror i, I don't know if you've ever seen from beyond mm-hmm. but it's pretty crazy well, that one i have not seen i've seen a couple of the reanimators i haven't seen the whole series but i've seen a few of them i liked them and i love lovecraft inspired stuff anything lovecraft inspired is fucking top of my list yeah you yeah you have to see from All beyond right. and it's yeah it's 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 absolutely a must it's got ken for as well and uh oh, what's her name she's also in reanimator what's the the woman barbara barbara crampton uh, she's also in it. So here's another question for you. What's one of the weirdest horror movies that you've seen that you've absolutely loved? Um, weirdest that I've absolutely loved. I don't know. Absolutely loved is, is a weird thing. I I saw a movie semi-recently called uh, We Are the Flesh. And it's a very difficult movie to recommend. Uh, trigger warnings galore. There's lots of strong sexual content in it and a little bit of sexual violence in it. But it's also one of the most amazingly bizarre and beautifully grotesque films <laughs> I've seen in, in my entire life. And it doesn't go quite to the uh, outreaches of depravity like uh, a Serbian film or something like that. So you, it's not. it doesn't quite go that far. But I, I had a co-worker over from brooklyn visiting up here upstate right and he he comes up for a day and he he comes to check out my projector system and i want to show him some films we're like okay let's watch a film and and we open up my plex and and he's like oh what's that i was like oh i don't know i've just heard a lot about it let's watch it and so i'm I'm sitting there awkwardly with my, my my co-worker and this film just takes drastic like incestual <laughs> pornographic <laughs> sex stories. and then we we're just sitting there with each other and kind of like hey how's it going this is this is quite the movie, eh? Uh, so it's one of those movies where I feel like it's going to be in the cultural zeitgeist. So it, it's a strong movie to recommend, but also a hard one because it is so graphically bizarre. Um, so it's <laughs> it's hard to say that I would love. I would would not feel comfortable watching it by myself, or <laughs> uh, and I'd be very picky about who I'd watch it with. But that was one of the definitely the most recent ones that made a dramatic impact on me. All right. Fair enough. One of mine is just a weird, fun movie that I saw in college with a friend of mine. I think we were up at like three or four in the morning, one morning and not very sober and just watching like Showtime or Cinemax or some crappy cable channel. And uh, this movie came on called Alien Avengers. And it's starring George Went and Julie Brown, not not downtown Julie Brown, the other Julie Brown. And they play aliens who come down. It's a good distinction, right? But they they come down from outer space to experience life as humans. And they it's basically George Went and Julie Brown going around killing people, and acting like a weird couple from the fifties. So like you know, punk tries to steal a purse or something so julie brown you know punches him through the skull and then there was a sequel 
and they both looked like they were shot over a weekend. <laughs> George Went was in both the sequels. Oh, both of them were, well? yeah. Oh wow. You could do a subgenre with Jordan Wayne. <laughs> right, that's true. He's been in I so saw, many war movies I, in the past twenty years. I just got the I just got the house box set and he's in the first house. And then also we did a Dennis Quaid double feature the other night and he's in Dreamscape. He just like, <laughs> pops up in the most random of places like, holy shit, it's George Wentz. <laughs> There's Norm. Uh, hey, I know his name. Norm. <laughs> yeah, and he, he's always going to be Norm. Oh, yeah. He's never not going to be Norm, but He's always fun to see, and he, he usually dies. That's true. They, if you can get your hands <laughs> on Alien Avengers, it's going to be hard to find, but uh, if you can find it, it's okay. absolutely hilarious and wonderful. <laughs> They're not nearly talking about how awesome they are. <laughs> not nearly enough. Well, let's, let's pivot into talking about how awesome... The signs. All right. Favorite episodes? Well, I have a number of favorite episodes. I'm a little biased, of course, having worked on them. It's because he loves uh, me, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I love all of you. The Harrow County was one of my favorite ones with the Drew Gender Van Gender Van Van Gendron. Okay. That one was fun and I, I don't even read that and I don't really read comics very often. I don't know how to read. But that was just a fun, enjoyable, entertaining episode. Uh, and it, it speaks to how great the conversation was. The fact that it didn't really have the subject didn't, you know, pull me in. It was just a fun conversation. It was like being in the room with friends, even though I know some of you kind of really are my friends. But uh, <laughs> one, of, one, of, one of you I'm married to. But it was, it was just a really good, fun, good-paced episode. The other episodes that I really, really had fun with in particular were the remakes episode i love listening to anybody talk about remakes because people get very passionate about remakes and i and i love arguing with people <laughs> about remakes and reboots i'm a, a passionate defender of them so i i get all excited when somebody's like i hate remakes i'm like oh really <laughs> come now so I get off like really listening to you know other people do that. So that was a really fun episode, and they did that really well. And the uh, the final girls I think was probably my all time favorite episode one because that's just a really fun topic, and it's from a, a true horror nerd's perspective. It's a character archetype that's been really fun to kind of track the trajectory of it over decades and genres of yeah. horror. And so yeah, that's the one they could you know easily revisit and mine more material or ever on yeah just so long as i don't have to watch the final girl the final girls was great but the final girl if i never have to see that piece of shit again i'll be happy but <laughs> the episode was fantastic some of my favorites would be uh horror history with bob was wonderful i loved every minute of that episode uh, yeah that was awesome. yeah that was yeah good. and um Bob is awesome. What was another really great one that I was thinking? Oh, the one with Gabby just recently was really, really good. Talking about the mortician's tale. For some reason, I just really love that episode. I mean, I like a lot of the interviews. A lot of the interviews are really wonderful. They had the guys from Monster Squad on. How cool was that? That was pretty cool. That was very yeah. cool. That was very fun. They were nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, thank you very much for letting me be involved with the podcast. <laughs> It's been a lot of fun as an editor and a listener for the entire year. 
um, and whether I edit another episode uh, again or not, I will definitely enjoy listening as a not just as a friend, but as a horror fan, because it's definitely a voice that is not really uh, covered on other horror podcasts that I keep trying to find. So thank you. Agreed. Thank you. And uh, we'll hand it back off to the sirens themselves now. For our final guest in this anniversary episode, I'm really excited that my high school bestie, one of my favorite people in the world, is here with us again. She helped us get ready last Halloween with our makeup tricks and tips episode. And she most recently just tried to apply to a job at a, a funeral home and didn't get that. But <laughs> that would have been fun for the stories. Ellie Vaughn is with us. Hi. Welcome, Ellie. Hi, lady. I'm so happy to be back. I like your haircut. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> yeah, we all have good color right now. <laughs> We're all killing the game. I want to know what your uh, what horror things you're loving right now, because I know you had a bunch of recommendations. I love recommending things to everyone. I know y'all already talked about it, but I can't hammer home enough how good American Gods is, both the book and the yes. show. <laughs> so amazing. It's so good. Oh, my God. I literally and it's totally going there with the show. thinking about that book. It's so The show good. is like doing the book adaptation so well and it's not shying away from anything, which is really great. Not at all. And it's Particularly how much penis is in this show. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly. Yeah. And then <laughs> also, the networks like, have no problem showing tits everywhere, but you show a little bit of pee and it's a problem. So <laughs> I, I respect that they're just going there. <laughs> am, I, am I the only one who's never seen such a graphic gay sex scene before? Right? Totally. Oh it wasn't like... <laughs> Come on, I was impressed. It was treated really well. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was sensual and gorgeous, but I was like, oh, okay. Very impressive. (laughs) Cool. So that's how that works. And all all sexualities could appreciate it. I was watching it with my very straight partner, and I'm very much not straight. And both of us were like, damn, this is way to handle this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So American gods. Always and forever. Yes. (laughs) There's a Tumblr artist I really love right now. Um, Their name is Sam. They're mid-20s. Their Tumblr is charmingly-antiquated.tumblr.com. And, you know, a lot of the time it's their, you know, what a Tumblr is for, reblogging, silly things that make you laugh. But then once in a while they'll post these just beautiful comics that are kind of surreal, really eerie, kind of unsettling. And a lot of the time they focus on like the fair folk or um, ghosts. Like one of my favorites Mm -hmm. is the fair folk had sort of invaded this college campus. And it's this comic about how the college students at this campus deal with having these. um, And the fairies aren't like cute Tinkerbell, though. Let's be honest. Tinkerbell Mm -hmm. was like a jealous murderer but like she <laughs> was um, but like they're really they're the kind of um fairy that will like take your child in the night or take you away mm-hmm. for hundreds of years and you'll never see your family again very predatory kind of fae yeah and so she does this really clever thing where it's um you know the fair folk love the English students and the and the musicians, they're scared of the scientists. You have to mm-hmm. offer them creams outside your dorm room and their pictures of like cream cheese and like coffee creamer. Um, <laughs> so she, she's really good at making really 
unsettling and really unsettling, but still really beautiful looking fair folk who are human-esque, but still very, very foreign. Mm -hmm. And so her art's really beautiful and she's still, it's gothic themed, but all of her colors are still, she kind of sticks with like the cooler tones, but they're, it's still really vibrant, which kind of adds to how unsettling it is. So I really like her work. Uh, speaking of Fae, who are very kind of scary, there's this book called Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norell, which is also a new adaptation that's on Netflix. And it's sort of Victorian England treating magic as a field of study, as legitimate as like mm -hmm. history or kind of how alchemy was treated, where there's like nice. societies of old men who learn magic theoretically but there's a prophecy and jonathan strange sort of bursts onto the scene and is like yo english magic where's it gone and then gets involved with the with the with the fair folk who are really scary it really comes across how like predatory and foreign these the fey folk think from us and how beautiful and violent they are Mm -hmm. So it's like a really nice mix of realistic fantasy, which is the stuff I just eat up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's so good. Mm -hmm. And even the Netflix adaptation is really good. The actors who play the two main guys and then Jonathan Strain's wife, Annabelle, are all really well cast. I read that over the summer and I was really liking it. And then I have the game called A Dark Room, which is a text-based resource management game um, <laughs> that you can get on. I just so nerdy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> a little bit. Last time I checked, you can get it on iOS, and it started as like a browser game, like a little flash game. Mm -hmm. And so it just starts with a dark room, and you light a fire, and you have to keep the fire burning the entire game. And it just sort of unfolds this story um, where you play a wanderer and a builder stumbles into your like settlement and she helps you start building things and villagers start coming into your settlement. And it kind of unfolds really naturally that the character you're playing, the wanderer isn't assumed they were in the very beginning. And it, it slowly comes out who and what they are and the history behind this character. And it's has a really good and natural flow, especially for a resource management game where it can be a little repetitive. So every you're like mm -hmm. hungry for development every time. And every time one comes, you're like, no, I must keep going. I must like, learn what the <laughs> thing is. and I've played this game through at least four times that's how much oh, wow. I like enjoy the storytelling of it. So I think that's really great. And if you have like kind of a boring desk job, like I'm rocking right now, it's really nice to just have it open and you can just <laughs> sort of mine a little bit without noticing. And it's, um, mm -hmm. you do it, you do well. Is it the kind of thing where like it has different endings based on decisions you make or something? Like does the story change? The story doesn't change. No, it's not that complicated. Once you beat it, you are mm -hmm. kind of challenged to play it without getting villagers to come in and they help you oh, gather okay. things faster. Yeah. Which makes the game take 
much longer. And that is the version I have not beat yet. And that's what I'm trying to do currently. Mm-hmm. So that story is different. So it gets you to play again at least once, but every once in a while I'm like, hmm, I want like I want to know how this goes, even though I know exactly what's gonna happen, but it's so good. <laughs> and then the last thing I have is for nerds who are like are healthy or looking to get healthier or fitter, is this app I used. I wanted to learn how to run a 5K because I get bored working out and I like to switch it up every six months or so. And it's this app called Zombies Run. And it's like a video game, sort of. So you download the app and you can either get the straight up app or the 5K trainer, which gives you weekly workouts. I was doing it three times a week. It gives you interval training. It tells you exactly how fast to run and how long to run and when to walk and when to take, just stop completely and take breaks. And it was really good at getting me from going from couch to 5k in about three months. Nice. Yeah. And I am not, I am not a person who particularly enjoys running. I am a, 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 it's the worst, honestly. My new thing now is like boxing and sparring, and I'm much better at at punching things than running because running can get boring. But what's great about the app is there is a story to it. So you play a character called Runner 5, the apocalypse, and you're kind of dropped into this township, Abel. You act as a runner, which means you leave the township to go investigate stuff or gather resources. And as you keep running and as time passes and days go by, this story unfolds about how you ended up in the township or like, you know, other tribes of people and other more established civilizations or people living out on their own. And they're really dramatic and little self-contained episodes. And then there's also like season themes and there's multiple seasons Mm -hmm. you can do. 30-minute runs, hour runs, depending on the kind of person you are. And then when you get to the end of the episode, they don't just leave you. You can put your music onto the app, and then they have this, like, little radio show with these two husbands. And they'll just – you'll listen to your music, and every, like, three to four songs, they'll just chime in with something funny. And then – That's adorable. It's so good. It's super, super fun. They're on, like, season five or six now. It's great. Awesome. Yeah. So those are my recommendations. I really like all of those things a whole lot. <laughs> and it covers all of like book and show and <laughs> and game yeah. and app. I went hard. I was excited to be back. Yeah. No, I appreciate you. <laughs> I also, while we have you here, I super want you to talk about your irrational fears. <laughs> Slash the things from childhood that you're still scared of, because I know what they are, and I'm really excited for you to talk about them. (laughs) So my biggest thing, and the one I think Sierra is talking about, didn't even see the whole movie. I saw a scene from the movie Hostel when I was way too young, and it's this scene where this guy is strapped in a chair, and someone has cut his Achilles tendons. And he like gets up, tries to get up and falls out of the chair. And that has left me with such an irrational fear of people touching my ankles without me knowing. Like, I hate it. Wait, what was that? It's so specific. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What was that? Like, 
Y'all can't see this now, but I am sitting with my ankles tucked under my body because I don't like even talking about it. I'm like, nope, got to protect, got to protect the ankles. (laughs) (laughs) Cannot be touched. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't really realize until I, until I learned this about you, I didn't realize how often it comes up in horror, in movies and stuff, but like somebody coming through stairs and grabbing ankles or like under the bed, grabbing ankles um or like in evil dead like she gets stabbed in the ankle with a pencil like yeah i stopped the movie (laughs) after that point i was just in a mood and we were trying to watch it and like it was the first time i tried to watch it and i was like hmm tree rape and ankle pencil um nope i'm done i'm done (laughs) (laughs) done i'm calling it cartoon time Mm -hmm. yeah but i think that must be something that a lot of of fear that a lot of people have but maybe don't realize they have because that's it's it's totally legitimate like yeah (laughs) that's a weak point that you can i've had it since Mm -hmm. pet cemetery for Mm -hmm. sure it's just like so my sister i also remember my sister did it to me one time i don't remember why but i I mean i was the little sister and i was a little shit so i'm sure i deserved it um (laughs) but I, i have a memory of her hiding under my bed and grabbing my ankles and then like crawling on the floor after me as I ran out of the room. And I was like, Nope, this oh. is <laughs> what a jerk. Oh no. <laughs> Very intense. <laughs> she didn't prank often, but when she pranked, she pranked hard. <laughs> you got to respect that. Honestly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Ankles ankles is my like really big one. I remember for about, Oh man. I'm not quite sure. Probably from ages like six to maybe 13 or 14, like a very long time. I was very concerned about like things under the bed. And this probably ties in Mm -hmm. with the ankle thing. Um, But I would jump from my doorway to my (laughs) bed. And like, this was like a decently sized bedroom, if I do say so myself. Like it was a harrowing jump and I made it like every night <laughs> i didn't get within like, like you turn off the light and try to like run try to beat the light <laughs> <laughs> like i never got within like a four foot circle around my bed when it was dark just like did not fucks with that vaulted out of bed in the morning <laughs> i was very afraid the vacuum was gonna suck up my toes very oh, afraid the vacuum was gonna suck up my toes for a very long time like Anytime the vacuum would be on, I'd act like a cat and either run out of the room Mm -hmm. or, like, jump up on the couch with my feet tucked under me. I just don't... (laughs) Apparently, I just have a thing with people fucking with my feet. I didn't notice until now. (laughs) It all makes sense. Yeah. Those are... Yeah, those are... That's the biggest childhood fear that I I still have is just generally Mm -hmm. messing with my feet. Also, I want to know what like horror things are you looking forward to right now kind of american horror story kind of yeah the like political one (laughs) yeah it's definitely gonna be about like some fuck not my president (laughs) yes that'll be interesting i'm I'm such a mixed bag about American Horror Story because I want to like it. Yeah, it always starts out good, just, and then it just like it steeply goes yes. downhill. Like, mm-hmm. so I feel like every single season, they have a really good idea, and then they write like three episodes of it, and they were like, "We'll figure out the ending later." 
Yeah, and, and then, then like, they just wait, don't we know where they're more going. Episodes? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then and they just also... like try to pull in different things, and it doesn't work. Yeah. Like I've kind of been watching Hotel, and like I mm-hmm. like it sort of, or like I like the individual characters, but also I don't know what's happening. But I like the yeah, HHL and I like guy. He's fun. Yeah, totally. I like yeah. that it's kind of based off of the hotel down in Hollywood where the girl, like, got murdered and was put into the tank and, like, just oh, all yeah. of that, like, old Hollywood kind of, like, haunted hotel feeling. Mm-hmm. But then there are vampires. But they and, like, aren't vampires, stop but adding they are. in extra things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or it's, like, in Asylum when it was, like, yes, the devil, but also aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, there was a new episode of Lore about asylums and, like, how one of the worst asylums in America wasn't closed until, like, mm-hmm. the 90s. And it was like, oh god. Yeah. Too real. It's a good, Too real. Good yeah. yeah. Um, Lore so, is like, so good. <laughs> Lore is so good. Like, consistently. So, yeah, kind of American Horror Story with, like, a big question mark. I mm-hmm. know that Peel, who's behind Get Out, which is the best <gasps> horror movie. Uh, he's gonna the Lovecraft. Yeah, he's doing like yeah. oh, right, a yeah. new Jim Crow era sort of HBO thing. I think comedians are some of the smartest entertainers, period. And so, mm-hmm. like when they do other genres, they do it so well that I'm like excited to see what he's gonna do because he pulls no mm-hmm. punches. And it should be really yeah. interesting. That similarly, when Vince Gilligan was, it was Vince Gilligan, right? That was doing a uh, Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. He went on Nerdist and did an interview there, and Hardwick asked him why, like, there were so many comedy actors in this mm-hmm. drama show. And he's like, "Well, not everybody can do comedy, but everybody that can do comedy is already like, really everything. good at these other genres." Yeah, like. So you can know you know that they're going to be able to pull that off mm-hmm. very well. That opened up some some uh, doors there for me. That, that was yeah. like one of those things was like, oh, it makes a lot of sense. Wait, that makes sense. Yeah, I am um, like even when like Jim Carrey, who's a mixed bag of Michigana, um, <laughs> like freaking Truman Show and um, uh, what? Eternal Sunshine. Michigana. Michigana. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some Yiddish. Never not. It's never not appropriate. <laughs> but like when Jim Carrey gets serious, Jim Carrey gets good. Like Cable Guy is weird and he's mm-hmm. so convincingly gross in it. And then, you know, The Truman Show and Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind, like this Gumby looking guy just comes in and just ca- <laughs> like causes all of the fields and like gives such incredible performances and like same with Robin Williams. And I really think it's because, Mm -hmm. or even like I love Bo Burnham until the sun burns out. And like, I think making someone laugh is one of the hardest things to do. And so when they, you have to have such a thorough understanding of how people work and think to make them laugh that if you go to something else, you take that with you. And it's such a an invaluable skill to have to understand your audience to the point where you can make them laugh. Yeah, 100% agree mm. there. Uh, Lovecraft Country is also based off of a book, which I'm just now 
buying off of Amazon. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I want to read more. I want to know what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. So Ellie, thank you for helping us celebrate our one year anniversary. I'm really glad that you got to be on it. And honestly, I think we could talk to you for another two hours. So yeah. we need to have you back too. I was like, could I ask one last question? No, we should probably just let those girls go to sleep. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> All right. I'd be so honored to come back and I'm always happy to talk to the sirens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Have a wonderful evening, yeah, Ellie. You too. Have a good night, y'all. <laughs> Thanks for coming back. Yeah, of course. Bye. Melissa, it's back to you. All right. Well, I guess that wraps up our anniversary party, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we let the guys take over for a little while. We talked to a whole bunch of our favorite listeners. I feel like we just did four episodes in one here. I know. I know. <laughs> and I have so many new ideas lane. for the next episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we talked about past stuff that we loved and we talked about new things that we want to do so that's it i guess i just want to say thank you to everybody who's supported us for the past year some of you have been quite enthusiastic in your support and <laughs> and it warms our hearts yes. so much yes always sending us nice messages and commenting on things and letting us know how you feel about the stuff so all the feels we have all the feels about you <laughs> and that's why we wanted to make this show all about listeners because i think without that support we wouldn't be doing this show anymore so yeah we're gonna keep on trucking and plan another year full of good spooky things i think we have more ideas than we have time to put those ideas into play yeah so. it's true <laughs> but damn it we'll try <laughs> we're gonna do our best so we're gonna close out our anniversary episode and uh we'll see you guys again regular schedule in a couple of weeks Sirens of Scream is a member of the Mega Nerd Media family. Please visit MeganerdMedia.com for some geek-related columns, reviews, interviews, and videos. You can reach us via email at SOS at MeganerdMedia.com. You can find us on Twitter, Sirens of Scream, and you can find us on Tumblr. So please consider leaving us a review on iTunes if you are new to the show. That always helps us get some more ears on the show. And always, always send us your comments and questions because we love to discuss them on air. So, happy birthday, ladies. Yay! Yay. <laughs> I'm going to uh, not drink any more champagne so I can get up in the morning. <laughs> I'm probably not going to run like Ellie suggested either, but I'm going to finish this cupcake that's sitting in front of me. <laughs> I the story of a boy and his curse. I need time to in his stroller with his first step. Chasing the hearse Sipping out a cup It's halfway filled Looking forward to the day He pays that drinking bill There's no peace There's no quiet on this earth He can find it less so tightly In that womb beneath the dirt Hurt no more And when he turned 24 He wouldn't know to nail To God's front door That said I want death Death for my birthday I want death Birthday for my birthday.
Smart. 